Hello everybody and welcome to the Football Betting Podcast. I'm your host Tom Pipkin and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Tom Walker. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Um, lovely to be doing a kind of a review show, Tom. Got some games to talk about now. Yes, we have, haven't we? Because there's not many games to actually look at in terms of uh, <laughs> betting odds, are there? No, there's not too much going on. Um, but yeah, really excited to kind of review the games that have been and gone. And obviously we've got Prem, FA Cup, Championship, EFL playoffs. <laughs> yeah, lots of uh, different things, lots of different competitions to look at. We'll start with the Premier League. Uh, we've got a few games there. Then uh, we'll look at the FA Cup because there's a few FA Cup fixtures. And then we'll look at the champ. And then finally, we'll look at the League 2 playoff final, um, which is sure to be a good one. Northampton, Exeter. Didn't expect that, did we? Absolutely not. No. Uh, Cheltenham are hot favourites for promotion to win the entire playoffs. Completely capitulated at home. But uh, we'll get on to that, Tom. <laughs> we'll get on to that, won't we? Yeah, we will. So we'll start, no less, with the Premier League. First games on Saturday, 12.30, is Aston Villa against Wolves. Villa in a very precarious position in 19th in the league, inside the relegation zone, on goal difference, uh, but they have a very, very tough run of fixtures. Get this, Tom, I don't know if you've looked at Villa's remaining fixtures recently, but considering they're already on a pretty poor run of form, um, they play Wolves, Liverpool, Man United, Crystal Palace, Everton, Arsenal, West Ham as their remaining games. That is a very, very tough running. Big time. Big time. Um, watched them twice now. Uh, Aston Villa, since they came back from uh, the corona kind of break, uh, they've been pretty poor. Uh, they were um, obviously... They drew Sheffield United. Sheffield United have been... Probably, apart from Norwich, the worst team uh, in the Premier League since they've resumed. So I'd put that down as a, as a poor result. Uh, they lost to Chelsea. I didn't actually watch that one live, um, but you know, still a defeat there. And then I watched the Newcastle game and, again, a, a pretty flat performance. So I don't think they're going to want a vibrant Wolves side. I mean, Wolves are incredible, Tom. When you consider that their season started in July of 2019 yeah. Yeah. Uh, with their Europa League exploits. Um, they're firing on all these fronts. They're sixth in the league. Honestly, they've put to bed the ghost of, you know, you can't play the Europa League and the Premier League. They've they've exercised that ghost for me. They're, they're having a great season and they've had a couple, obviously, weeks off with the corona outbreak and they've come back and they look good. Uh, two wins. No goals conceded. Yep. Raul Jimenez back wants goals as well, straight away. So uh, I think, you know, we've picked up Wolves here straight away. I think they're going to get the win. They're four to five on the nose to beat Aston Villa at Villa Park. Um, reasons you've just mentioned, really. I don't see why you would go for Villa against this Wolves side who, you've got to remember, you know, they're only five points outside the uh, Champions League spots. They're level with Man United. Um, for the Europa League place. So they've got something to aim for. Um, they're going to want to win this game. I think uh, four to five is a decent price for this informed Wolves side. Agreed. Agreed. Um, little stat for you as well. Um, it's been four games since 
anybody who isn't a defender has scored for Aston Villa. They've only scored two goals in the last four fixtures, um, and that was by Courtney Howes or Hawes, not sure which way he prefers, and El Mahamedy. Um, so mm. that also is a bit of an alarm bell because if you if you can't keep them out like Villa can't, you better score a hatful, and they're not doing that yeah. either. So yeah, Wolves four to five, great price. Not good, is it? Okay, so that's the only Premier League game for Saturday, which then takes us to Sunday where we've got one more game: Watford against Southampton. How do you see this one going? Um. I'm not 100% sure. I think this one is a little bit tougher. Uh, I'm probably going to side with Watford if I had to. Um, I watched the Southampton-Arsenal uh, game. Arsenal obviously coming off the back of two really poor uh, performances. It was a great opportunity for Southampton to get at them. Uh, but a mistake early on and a flat performance again. Uh, Watford, fair in... Okay, uh, got a good draw against Leicester. Obviously, they, they went uh, behind pretty late, so they did well to salvage that. And then lost in, a again, this is a bit of a topic, but a, a flat game against Burnley. I, I'd probably side with Watford, uh, but I don't know if I'm that confident. What, what do you think? Um, Result-wise, I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to go both teams to score for me. Yeah, that's mainly based on historical stats. The price is three to four, so it's pretty good. Um, six of the last seven games between the two sides in the league have been both teams to score. So that's mainly what I'm going off for this one. Uh, some of these games between the sides tend to tend to feature a few goals between them. Uh, last year they had, they had a two-one. Uh, year before they had a two-two. Year before that they had a four-three. So there is there is some historical form for goals here, which is fine. Both teams sport is the route that I'll be going down. Yeah, I, I do see where you're coming from. I, I like Southampton um, on the road. Worst home record in the league. Uh, they've picked up the majority of their wins on the road. Uh, they picked up just four at home and they've picked up seven on the road. Uh, they've actually got the sixth best away record. Uh, so could definitely see them getting a goal. But yeah, Watford at home as well, equally dangerous. So. Yeah, uh, both teams to score is definitely something I'd explore, um, but I think I will be watching this, uh, you know, from the comfort of not having any financial um, repercussions <laughs> in, in the balance. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, so that takes us to Monday then with our final Premier League game that we're going to cover. Only three this week, uh, taking us to Monday. Crystal Palace against Burnley, both sides start on 42 points in 10th and 11th. Could could this clash be any more mid-table? <laughs> <laughs> it honestly couldn't. Um, both coming off the back of hammerings from the big the big two. Are we calling them big two? They are. Yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah, yeah. Head, they are. That's what they are. Above, you know, Tottenham, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think there's a big difference. I think City's... Uh, five nil over Burnley was concerning for Sean Dyche. There was also rumours for the first time in a while that this could be his last season um, at Turf Moor. And the reason I'm saying it's a little bit different, I think any 
team apart from Man City, and I include United and Chelsea's and all, all those guys, they would have got hammered by Liverpool the other night. They were in the mood. They were in the mood. That was probably the best performance I've seen from any team coming back since the break. And, and you know, I don't think Palace should look into that too much. I think they just came up against possibly the best team in the world. Possibly. Um, so I'm not discrediting Palace here. I'm with you, Tom. I think this will be a tough one, but I'm actually going to go for the Eagles um, at home. Six to five. Uh, they did win four in a row. Obviously, that's stretching back over the break uh, before that City loss. And I'm not reading too much into that, to be honest. And that, that's probably why I'm going to go for Palace. Uh, Roy Hodgson's doing a wonderful job. Yeah, yeah. I would go with Palace either, but I probably won't be putting any bets on particular game. It's definitely a tight one, isn't it? It's definitely, you know, a bit yeah. of a bit of a coin toss. Um, but definitely, um, you know, like I said, the two defeats, I think there's there's two different sides to it. Burnley were just absolutely woeful and Liverpool were absolutely sparkling and uh, like I said, you could have put anyone in front of Liverpool and they would have hammered them. So yeah. So true. So true. Right, that wraps up the Premier League then. So we'll move on to the FA Cup, which starts on Saturday. Uh, Norwich-Manchester United is the only FA Cup game on Saturday. Usually, I will be looking at Manchester United 1-2. to two. Obviously, they're going to play a very much second string, I imagine. I think United will win this regardless. Um, I do get where you're coming from. Uh, United potentially could play up to 16 games. Uh, between now and the end of the season, uh, depending on how their FA Cup and Europa League exploits go. Um, so they're definitely going to be mindful. Um, but Norwich Norwich look beaten. They look absolutely dead and buried. And I know the FA Cup is a completely different kettle of fish, but uh, I especially watched them at home, Southampton, didn't lay a glove on them. And Everton were, were so poor. But Norwich, just one lapse in concentration and uh, zero cutting edge. And yeah, they, they lose 1-0. So United, for me, uh, looked decent against Tottenham. Um, dismantled a poor Sheffield United side. And, you know, we're, even if they rest particular players, you know, let's say they go with some kind of front three like Daniel James, um, Juan Mata and... Mason Greenwood, I don't even know if they're all fit, but those three, for an example, still be too much for the Canaries. One to two, but I would like to see the teams first. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, on Sunday, we have three FA Cup games. Sheffield United-Arsenal, Leicester-Chelsea, Newcastle-Man City. Um, I don't think these are the easiest bunch of games to pick from. Don't know about you. I think Man City should definitely beat Newcastle. That one aside, four to twenty-five though for Man City. What's that? About one to eight. One to six. One to six. Yeah. yeah. One to six. Um, so I'm not really interested in that particular game. So Sheffield United, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea. Oof. Sheffield United have looked really poor, haven't they? Um, since the since the break. Arsenal, like you mentioned before, also looked poor. Got that window against Southampton, which was a lot more comfortable for them than I thought it would be. Do I look towards Arsenal? I'm not sure. Honestly, um, again, like I said, with with Norwich, 
this is an opportunity to put the Premier League form to one side and, you know, it's a bit of a free hit. Um, and, and if you have a look at everyone, Sheffield United, Arsenal, Leicester, Newcastle and Chelsea to a certain extent, obviously they got pretty uh, pretty hammered by Bayern in the first leg of the Champions League. It's going to be tough to overturn. And apart from City, who obviously won the Carabao Cup and are still in it, this is the best chance for some silverware. So I'd be very interested to see what kind of team selection and you know what kind of attitude the managers and the players and the club have towards it. Um, Sheffield United, Arsenal. I would be going for Arsenal here. I I couldn't be less convinced by this Arsenal team. There are so many players in this Arsenal side that I think are punching above their weight at a club like this. But what I saw from Sheffield United since the break has been championship mid-table level of play at best. Yeah. Um, so I think... I've got to be honest, it's what I've seen from Sheffield United now is what I expected from Sheffield United at the start of the season. 100%. 100%. And, you know, obviously they're not going to go down, but I remember Hull City couple couple seasons back, well, quite a few seasons back. First half of the season, they were absolutely unbelievable, chasing the Europa League spot. Second half of the season, they you know, they got found out a bit. They took the foot off the gas, whatever happened. They failed to strengthen enough, and they got relegated the second half. Sheffield United won't mm. get relegated, but I wonder if I wonder if this is the real Sheffield United and the, uh, I wonder if this is a bit of a reality check. I hope not because they're a good yeah. story, but you know they've been dreadful. So I'd be exploring Arsenal twenty nine to twenty. I'd love a better price, uh, but I think they'll get the win and uh, got a great record in the FA Cup. What do you think to uh, Leicester Chelsea, Tom? Do you want to dissect that one? That's a sit on the fence one for me. Both teams chasing Champions League: Leicester in third, Chelsea in fourth. So I'd like to see the team sheets here before looking at any bets. I think. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether they go more towards full strength or second string because are they prioritising silverware because, like you mentioned, it's the only realistic chance they've got or are they prioritising saving their best players for the push for the top four? That, for me, isn't very clear-cut, so I don't really know what to go for at the moment. I'd be leaning towards Chelsea. They've done transfer business, can do a lot for a club even when the players aren't even there. The fact that, obviously, Zayek uh, was announced, sorry, uh, January or so, wasn't he? January, February yeah, time, yeah. something like that. Um, and, obviously, Timo Werner, there's a real feel-good factor about Chelsea at the moment. There's a real feeling that, for the first time in a while, they're, they're moving in the right direction. And, you know, currently, I mean, we're I'll be honest, we're recording this half-time... Um, has just ended and Chelsea are beating City 1-0. They've looked really good first half, dismantled Everton, beat Villa. And Leicester, I just, I'm not overly convinced. I saw a statistic the other day, Marcus Madison, three assists in 30 games this season. Seems to have, they, they did seem to lack creativity. It looks like if they can't get Vardy or Iheanacho in behind, they struggle. Um, and I, I don't know, I know uh, Pereira's missing, which sounds bizarre. I know he's a right back, but he offers them so much, him and Chilwell. 
Um, I just wonder if they've got enough about them to uh, to score two past Chelsea because I think Chelsea will get at least one against them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm quite down on Leicester at the moment as well. I, they're not convincing me. It's three to one for Leicester to finish outside of the top four places. Now, I don't know what you think to that odd, but um, I quite like that. Three to one, considering that they're not really firing all cylinders at the moment. Um, Chelsea, who are in fourth, are playing a lot better. Manchester United, who are in fifth, and six points behind Leicester, admittedly, but they do have to play each other at Old Trafford, who are in much, much better form. Um, I'm going to put it out there. I think Chelsea and Man United will get the Champions League. Leicester mm. finish fifth. Interesting. Wolves as well. Level with points uh, with United. I, From what I've seen from Wolves, they're probably the second best side after Liverpool that I've seen since the break. Um, and I wouldn't discount Wolves out of it either. Uh, they're obviously the outsiders. But I get what you're saying. Leicester, you know, they're... They just haven't sparkled, have they? And it just feels like their swagger isn't quite there. I mean, obviously, they've still got some great players and I kind of hope that they they do cling on to this Champions League spot because you know, I'd love to see another club in that top six. I don't want it to finish the same you know, every single season, but they're definitely vulnerable and they've got a lot more work to do than uh, I think people think. So, yeah, a good little tip there, Tom. Uh, final thing I'll say on the Leicester-Chelsea. Um, both teams to score, I think, is not a given, but I think it's a strong possibility. Four to six. Um, I just spoke about Leicester's lack of creativity, but also if you look at Chelsea's uh, defensive record as well, it's not been fantastic. Um, I think you know Chelsea 2-1 for me. Um, and just to reiterate, Chelsea are seven to five at the time of recording. Cool. No Vardy, no party. <laughs> yeah, um, they do lack a bit of depth <laughs> up top, don't they? So, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, and then we're, we're saying City, no arguments, beat Newcastle pretty comfortably. Yeah, no arguments there. No arguments at all. So that leaves us with Championship then to run through. So that all kicks off on Friday night with a cracker of a game, Brentford against West Bromwich Albion. Brentford, if they want to have any chance at all, really, of catching the top two, need to get a win over West Brom. That would reduce the gap to five points, um, seven games to play. Do you reckon they can do it? I think it's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself. I think they're going to win this game, but I don't think they'll do it. I I think the gap is too much. The gap is too much. Mm. I mean, I know Leeds had a poor performance and. I'll be honest with you, I'd love nothing more than Leeds to fall apart again. It would be hilarious. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think West Brom and Leeds are are pretty nailed on. The only thing I would take away from your point there, Tom, is uh, the Fulham-Brentford game. Fulham were a joke. Absolute joke. Uh, Didn't look like they had a game plan. Pretty much it was get it out wide, cross it in, and Mitrovic is holding off three three players at times and st- still winning the header. Um, he, apart, if it wasn't for him, they would have looked absolutely beyond clueless. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sceptical. 
Fulham were really poor. That being said, Tom, Brentford did go there, get the job done. I think they'll do the same here, uh, seven to five. Obviously, Griffin Park is is coming to an end. Um, you know, they're moving into the new stadium. So every single game is going to carry that little bit more importance. You know, they can get promoted, you know, and kind of give Griffin Park the, the goodbye it they uh, they think it deserves. And Yeah, I can see why you'd, why you'd go for Brentford and why you're championing them. Uh, I just want to put it out there. West Brom have got the best away record in the league, uh, in the championship. 19 games played, won 11, drawn six, lost just two, conceded 14 goals. Um, that does perhaps give something to think about if you are a little bit sceptical about going for Brentford, but completely take your argument as to why they could get a result here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It'll be a great game regardless. Very interesting. So we'll move to Saturday's championship games and we've got plenty on Saturday. Um, bit frustrating they kick off I don't really know why but they kick off at a variety of times on Saturday um, we've got three at 12 30 two at one o'clock and four at three o'clock why can't it still be at three o'clock and we can have a great Gillette soccer Saturday <laughs> I honestly don't know <laughs> I honestly don't know why that was the first thing I saw um I'm really not sure why but uh yeah we've got to deal with it haven't we it is what it is yeah, we have. So um, I'm looking at a couple of games here. It's a pretty tough fixture list to pick from overall, but there's a couple that do stand out for me. Um, one team that are that are a very good price are Middlesbrough, away at Stoke, and they're priced at 5-2. to two. Big news in midweek coming from Middlesbrough. Jonathan Woodgate has been sacked, finally. Neil Warnock has been coming to firefight and uh, save them from relegation. We're assuming this is a deal until the end of the season. I've not seen any further details on the contract length. I don't know if you have yet, Tom. No. No, so we're going to assume it's till the end of the season to keep them up. Um, he's more than capable of doing that. If you want someone to come in and motivate and fight the fire, Neil Warnock is one of the best people you could bring in to do that, especially in the championship, a league knows so well. For Middlesbrough to draw or beat Stoke, it's 8-13, to 13, and that's what I'm going to go for here. Um, considering that Middlesbrough in 21st, just outside the relegation zone on goal difference, Stoke are in 18th on 43 points, two points outside of the relegation zone. I think it's going to be a tight, cagey affair. Warnock will be well up for a tight, cagey affair, and he's going to grind out a 0-0, 1-0, maybe a one all. I think Middlesbrough can get something from this game with the new manager bounce. I'm so happy he's back. I'm honestly over the moon that he's back. <laughs> I absolutely love Neil Warnock. A real character, isn't he? Uh, honestly, it doesn't feel right without him in the league. I don't even like him in the Prem because it, it just doesn't feel <laughs> right. He should be in the champ, saving teams. Like, like the job he did with Rotherham was so underrated. So underrated. Uh, mm. And it just doesn't feel right without him in the league. I, I love that. It's probably... The job he did with Cardiff is probably underrated, considering yeah. when he took over. Of course it is. They, they were fight... Cardiff were fighting relegation when he took they over. And with it, within a couple of seasons, they you know, promoted. They were a mess. I predicted them to be finish, I don't know, 18th or something like that, the season that they went up. So, yeah, yeah, um, 100% uh, backing you there, Tom. Um for sure. 
Oh, Derby County. I think a really good price um, this weekend. 11 to 10, at home to Reading. Derby, Derby went away at Millwall on the weekend. Really tough place to go. Kind of needing to get a result. A win would have obviously been absolutely perfect, which is what they got. Um, and they're really in the playoff hunt now. Um, they are only three points off Preston. The final playoff spot is probably the most exciting thing, I'd say, left in the championship. Obviously, the relegation battle as well. Uh, but it's so tight um, for the final playoff spot. And Derby are well mm. in with a shout. Um, 11 to 10 at home to a red inside that are pretty much, the season's pretty much finished for them, isn't it? Uh, in 14th, they're only five points behind Derby, who I'm talking about, to be a playoff chaser, but I, I just don't see it from Reading, unfortunately. And, you know, they're seven points, uh, eight points, sorry, clear of the drop. So you're imagining they're going to be okay. And this is a perfect fixture for Derby. Uh, since Wayne Rooney uh, joined the club, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, um, they have the best league record. Since Rooney came in. Really? Since Rooney came in. Wow. They're above West Brom. They're above Leeds. They're above Forest. They're above uh, Brentford. Whoever else you want to mention in that top uh, six. Derby are the informed team in the championship. 11 to 10 at home to a bang average to Paul Red inside. It's a great price. That surprises me. I didn't yeah. realise they'd done that well. Um, but I'll tell you what. Huge price considering, like you say, Derby... Well in with a shout of the final playoff spot. Uh, three points adrift of the playoffs. 16 to 1 to get in the playoffs. 16 to 1. Yeah, definitely worth a tenner or whatever you uh, can afford to lose. 100%. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm, I would hate it if they did it, obviously, being a Forest fan, but I, I feel it coming. Um, they, they're looking good. Yeah. Yeah, they are looking good. Louis Sibley as well. Great performance last weekend. Yes. Could be a gem. Um, another couple of stats for that game and a couple of odds that you could also go for as alternatives. Derby against Reading seems to bring goals. Um, the last six consecutive games have been over 2.5 goals. Price for over 2.5 is the grand price of evens. Great price. Both teams to score has been seven of the last eight games between the two sides. And the price for that one, 8 to 11. So I don't think the bookies have looked at the history. No, I don't think they have either. Good little spot, that. We do our research, yeah. so you don't have to do profit chasers. How about that? Yeah, this, happy days. How this podcast is free, I'll never know. But anyway, <laughs> um, what else you got in the champ, Tom? Um, the only other one really standing out for me is in the Charlton-Queens Park Rangers game. I'm looking at Charlton. When I was looking at the games, I glanced through them all uh, before doing some more in-depth research. And I thought initially, Charlton, yeah, after their win against Hull last weekend, um, drags them out of the relegation zone. I think they've got a good shot at beating Queens Park Rangers. When I delve into the game, I see the odds. Charlton, 23-10, to 10, over 2-1 to one, to beat a Queen's Park Rangers side with 
you know, if we're going to say Reading have got nothing to play for, Queen's Park Rangers have got nothing to play for. They're only one point ahead of Reading, seven outside of the playoffs, um, nine away from relegation, not going anywhere other than mid-table. It's a great opportunity for Charlton to take advantage of that and get more points on the board. Two to one, over two to one. Great price, Charlton for me. Yeah, I I agree. When you look at QPR's motives, honestly, all they've got to do is just enjoy having Eze until the, the end of the season because he's been absolutely electrifying. He's been one of my favourite players in the whole league and he's going to leave in the summer. So, you know, I just hope that they enjoy themselves with... With that being said, obviously they're not really fighting for anything and you can uh, you can bet Lee Bowie will have Charlton right up for this. Very winnable game. Um, and yeah, like you said, they clawed, a, clawed their way out of uh, the relegation scrap, didn't they? So yeah. Um, yeah, Charlton for sure. Very nice little little price there. Uh, Eze does concern me. I think he is that good. Um, you know, he could turn this game on its head on his own if he's... Uh, if he's allowed the time and space. So just a little little word of warning. Yeah, no, I agree. But uh, yeah, it still doesn't put me off the price. No, I, I love know, it. I know. Uh, moving on. Nottingham Forest, Sunday. Um, we're moving on to here. Well, I am. Six to five for Forest at home. A very unlucky um, and very sloppy to draw away at Sheffield Wednesday. Um they played relatively well throughout the game and Wednesday capitalised on uh, some tired Forest defending on a 93rd minute set piece. And Huddersfield are in a huge, huge spot of bother. A very disappointing home defeat to Wigan 2-0. By all accounts, Wigan incredibly comfortable. Huddersfield now just a point off relegation. I wonder if Huddersfield considered back-to-back relegations um, and I wonder if they considered that it would be a possibility when they got the Cowley brothers in. I certainly did not. Um, I thought they'd finish kind of mid-table or so, um, but there's been an alarming slide and they are coming to the city ground, uh, Forest, looking to build a bit of momentum, looking to put some daylight between uh, themselves, Preston and the chasing pack. It's currently only four points. And uh, as a as a Forest fan, I definitely don't feel 100% comfortable that we're going to finish in the top six. I think we will, but there's definitely work to be done. And I think this kind of game is the game that Forest have to win. And six to five, if Forest win this, 2-0, and you haven't bet on them at six to five, you got to wonder what, why you didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But I honestly, I don't think I'd be going anywhere near us. Really? I just don't trust us. There's something about when Nottingham Forest play teams they should be, especially at home, we seem to come unstuck. Um, I'm just looking at results at home against similar teams. So the last three home games, we've played Charlton, QPR, Millwall. All teams... Yeah who you think, yeah, Forest on paper should beat them. Lost two, drawn one, haven't scored a goal in any of them. Uh, prior to that, we drew one all at home against Reading. We've also drew one all against Middlesbrough. We've lost two one at home to Hull. Um, it, 
it's a home record against poor teams, which does not fill me with any confidence, to be honest, whatsoever. I get what you're saying. I, I do get what you're saying. Um, if this was a stickier team, if this was perfect example, Sheffield Wednesday, Reading, QPR, someone like that who you know I'm slightly wary of, I 100% get where you're coming from. But for me, Huddersfield, that Wigan result has been alarming. Their slide down the table has been poor. The alarm bells are going off in Yorkshire. And I think Forest, 6-5, to five, it's a good price, Tom. It's a good price. And I think you'll, Forest are not going to be anybody 5-0. No way. They're just not set up that way. They're too pragmatic. Uh, but I think they'll get a 1-2-0 win and they'll move on um, and get three more points on the board. Six to five for me. Tom's not so sure. I hope you're right. Hope you're right. Yeah. Anything else in the champ that you'd like the look off? There's nothing more for me. No, no, nothing more for me. Happy to move on to the League Two playoff final. Yeah, League Two playoff final. It's yeah. our final game we're going to cover. Northampton against Exeter. Uh, Seventeen to ten for Northampton. The draw at full time. Twenty-three to ten Exeter. 31 to 20. Um, wow. So let's evaluate how we got here to begin with <laughs> since the last podcast. <laughs> yep. We said correctly that we th- that we both thought Exeter would reach the final uh, beating Colchester, which they did uh, after extra time. We did say Cheltenham would also be here. Um, that really stunned me. After they won 2-0 away at Northampton, I thought, yep, yeah, we're in the money here. This is this is a lock that are going to go at least to the final, and then to capitulate three 0 at home when they've been so strong at home all season, um, especially head to head against Northampton as well. Chelsea have had much the better head to head results against Northampton. It really surprised me. Um, so now I'm like, I'm looking at the, the the momentum that Northampton would have got from that looking at 17 to 10 and thinking that could be a really good price. And I'm also thinking how mentally scarred are Exeter by losing in the playoff final. There's that real mental hurdle that, you know, we've been here on numerous occasions and lost. And they're going to be coming up against this Northampton side who are really going to be well up for it after their sensational result. Yeah, inclined to go to Northampton, 17 to 10. I'm also, I'm also with you. I've been watching, don't get me wrong, my memory is not incredible on all the semi-finals. Uh, there's that many, you know, through the years, it's hard to keep track of, of all of them. But I will say that Northampton's performance in the second leg was one of the best playoff semi-final performances I think that I've prob- probably ever seen. Um, mm. For a League Two side, the quality of, of their play their their game plan, their attitude as well. They came into it believing that, that they could beat Cheltenham. And like and you just read out, Tom, me and you, you know, we're we're not pundits by any stretch of the imagination. We're just two twenty somethings with, with bellies and a and an opinion. But the the real pundits <laughs> out there, you know, uh, everyone had Cheltenham down for for favourites and nobody thought that that was gonna happen. Um, to to Cheltenham and Northampton, you know, rolled their sleeves up and and went for it. And if Northampton can replicate that performance, Exeter don't stand a chance. 
and I and I truly mean that. Uh, Northampton were absolute. It was so impressive. Like I, I just honestly, it really enjoyed Northampton's performance. Yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying with Exeter, Tom. Um, some clubs just have this playoff hoodoo, and some teams genuinely feel like they are cursed. Forrester one. We support one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forrester one. Leeds. Leeds think that they're cursed. They're never going to get back to the Premier League. Um, Exeter. They think that they're cursed. You know, two playoff finals in a row. This time, Paul Tisdale is not the manager. They've got Matt Taylor. Maybe that's, you know, a fresh voice, fresh output. Um, so, yeah, Tom, I'm with you. And I'm with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, let's let's go for the cobblers. One thing I would like to extend to the profit chasers. I think the fact that it's so tight, the fact that it is, you know, um, the playoff final so much at stake, and the coronavirus break, everything like that. I do think this will be settled in extra time or on penalties. If you want a better price, Northampton to lift the trophy. So obviously any method, 10 to 11. I also think you'll be able to get a draw, 23 to 10, after 90 minutes. Don't know what you think to that, Tom. um, But I can... A lot of the games that we're seeing across all the competitions have been cagey. And surely this will be arguably the cagiest of the lot. There's, There's so much at stake. These clubs have paid, you know, 200 grand to take part in these playoffs. The financial fallout, if they don't get promoted, is going to be pretty considerable for clubs of that size. Excuse me. There's so much pressure. I can just see this being a stalemate. So that inclines me to think under 2.5 goals as well. Uh, Four to six is the price for under 2.5. Yeah. Do you you agree with with what I'm saying? I think, you know, excuse me. The pressure. I agree. It's going to be weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be weird. Like you say, the pressure mm. and the fact you're playing in Wembley, this massive 90-odd thousand-seater stadium with no fans, when these clubs are, are used to playing in, I don't know, the capacity of their stadiums, but it can't be more than no. 15,000 each. No. So to go from what... To be playing in your own 10, 15,000-seater stadium with no fans would be weird. To go to Wembley... Um, in a 90,000 massive stadium with no fans would be even weirder, surely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the board, the chairman, the manager, the just it would be an internal pressure rather than, you know, the supporters. It would be the internal staff that, you know, have gambled. Every, every League Two and League One club have gambled X amount of money Um you know, I I don't mind kind of advertising other good podcasts on this show, but um, if you live, listen to Going Up, Going Down um, on The Athletic, uh, the Wickham uh, Chief Financial Officer talks about how much money that Wickham have had to basically gamble at a shot at the championship. Obviously, if they make it, it's... An unbelievable investment but he said you know if they don't make it certain players will have to leave and the budgets will be cut for next year across the playing staff and the internal staff so 
yeah, it's just it's a different kind of pressure, I think. Okay, so um, that wraps up pretty much the tips then, doesn't it? Shall we wash out a joint bomb-proof bubble? Yeah, do you want to review last week's? Um, unfortunately, it wasn't successful. So we started off with Cheltenham all draw on the double chance in their first leg semi-final against Northampton, and they did win 2-0. We also had West Brom to beat Birmingham at home. Unfortunately, only drew 0-0. And finally, we had Arsenal to win away at Brighton, but they succumbed to a 2-1 defeat at the Amex. Yeah, um, obviously a lot of drama in our in our bets. The the League Two obviously was uh, pretty wild. Um, we thought that that was very comfortable over the over the first leg, and they they went and threw it away. The more pay versus Arsenal <laughs> clash at the Amex was interesting. And then West Brom, Birmingham, pretty much a uh, bit of, bit of a wet fish, I'd say. Yeah. So for this week's one then, we'll do another joint one this week because there's not that many games. So uh, it's the time for the bomb-proof treble. So if you are new to the show... Uh, then this is the part that we put together all of our tips, research, all of our kind of insight and general gut feeling into a treble. Uh, we back our own bets and we recommend that you do the same. Uh, we put £10 stakes on our bets, but we only want you to bet on what you can afford to lose. Um, so please don't uh, gamble irresponsibly. Um, we're going to do a joint one, as Tom said, because there's not that many games uh, to go from. So start us off, Tom. Get us kicked off with the first of the three selections. Yeah, so go for Wolves away at Villa, four to five. We're also going to go for Derby County. Uh, Derby County at home to Reading, 11 to 10. And finally, Millsborough all draw in their game away at Stokes with a double chance. The Neil Warnock effect, eight to 13. I, oh man, I love the Neil Warnock effect. So yeah, ten pounds on pays sixty one back. Yeah, it's a good return. There's some good prices there, I think, for those picks. I think so. You've got Derby, the informed championship side since Wayne Rooney. Um, you've got Neil Warnock effect. Uh, Stoke obviously at sixes and sevens a little bit. And then you've got Wolves in a derby game where all the pressure's on Villa and they look really poor. So tick, tick, tick for me, Tom. So hopefully come next week, we'll be celebrating a, a first Bomb-Proof victory after the restart. Yes, yes, agreed. Um, fantasy football? Yeah, let's quickly whiz through fantasy football. I've, I'd just like to interrupt really quickly. Yeah, I know you're going to laugh and you're going to tell me that it's my own fault. I completely forgot to change my team, completely. And I didn't do what? I didn't do the uh, unlimited transfers week or, or anything. Oh, did you not? I left the whole thing, I forgot. Oh, no. Yeah. Disaster. Yeah, absolute disaster. But please read out and give the people their, uh, their moment in the sun that they deserve, the people that remembered and, and did and played the game properly. As of recording, um, the top 10 is as followed. Edward Redou at the top, followed by David Arias, Charlie Donnelly, Sean McCarthy, Callum Hodgegaard, Callum Nags, Fraser Gibson, Chris Hindle, Simon Tither, 
and Magic K. So well done to everybody who is inside there. You're doing very well. Um, £20 free bet at the moment is still going to Edward Redou, but he's only nine points ahead of David Arias, so it could change hands by the end of the season. Very tight at the top now. Very tight, very tight. And, uh, yeah, it's fair play to anyone that can navigate through all these games and get all your uh, captains and, and do all that. Um, it's it's a lot right now. <laughs> it's a lot to yeah. even watch the games, <laughs> never mind yeah. to um, make sure that you're doing your fantasy team on top as well as your bets and... Oh, there's a lot going on, <laughs> but but I'm very but I'm on. very grateful. <laughs> exactly, me too. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. Yes. Um, so if you want to extend your uh, podcast experience beyond just the pod, uh, follow us on social media, uh, Twitter. We are closing in on thousand followers. Uh, so this is a little Ooh. bit of a beg and a bit of a cry for help. Uh, so if you could follow us on T underscore FB podcast, that would be great. And uh, once we get to a thousand followers, I feel a little giveaway uh, coming along. So help us get there. We're on Facebook too, www.facebook.com slash football betting podcasts. And if you want to email us with any inquiries that you may have, football betting podcast at gmail.com is the official email. Yeah, and if you have enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate any ratings or reviews you could leave us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Yes, yes, we would. And uh, yeah, good luck, guys. Uh, again, very, uh, very up and down show with with not our usual, you know, uh, slate to go off, but it's great to have it back. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, so good luck for all the bets you put on this weekend and uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you, guys. Take care.